So this will be week number seven, looking at the Ten Commandments, and for this morning, Lord willing, we will look at the Sabbath. Exodus chapter 20, look at verses 1 and 2 again, please. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which shall brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Jehovah is speaking, Yahweh is speaking, Elohim is speaking, and again, the Ten Commandments are being given orally from the Lord directly to the Jews. Of course, Moses is present, but the words of the Lord are coming straight out of his mouth. Fast forward to New Testament, the words came out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We refer to such as inspiration. Jump down to verse 8, if you will. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant, thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger, that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So the Sabbath day is the only one of the Ten Commandments which has no direct reference to the church today, apart from the Seventh-day Adventists and some Baptists and some non-denominationalists and some oneness and charismatics or pentecostals the vast majority of protestant uh, christianity protestant christendom has no interest has no desire to keep the sabbath because the sabbath was of course given to the jews just one more time if i may the ten commandments are also called the testimony exodus chapter 25 and also the words of the covenants Exodus chapter 34. Look at verse 8 again. Remember the Sabbath day, which of course is Saturday, to keep it holy. Now for the New Testament, for the new age that we now live in, the new economy or the church age to be more precise, we mark Sunday like today, the first day of the week, because of course the Lord Jesus Christ would come up out of the tomb the first day of the week. The Holy Ghost would come down from heaven on the first day of the week, being Pentecost, of course, the church would meet on the first day of the week, and a collection would be taken up for poor Christians on the first day of the week, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. So Acts 20, the church would meet to break bread, being a Sunday. 1 Corinthians 16, the church would meet to have a collection for the poor Christians, being a Sunday, of course. The Lord comes up out of the tomb on a Sunday, and one more time, the Holy Ghost comes down from heaven on the first day of the week, being a Sunday, of course. But for the Old Testament, as far as the Jews were concerned, the Sabbath was for them to keep, to mark, for first of all, worship of the Lord, and also to have time to rest and recuperate. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And the reason why I wanted to show you Exodus 1 and 2. Uh, Exodus 20 verses 1 and 2. Is to remind you that the Sabbath is tied in with creation. Uh, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis uh, chapter 2. Look at verse 1 if you will. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And all the host of them. Heavens is plural. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. It says heaven in a singular. Here it is heaven in a plural. Because, of course, if you jump up and down, technically speaking, you are in the second earth, or the second heaven, to be more precise. Whereas the earth that we all live on, of course, is just that, the earth. There are at least three heavens. The first heaven, like I say, if you jump up and down, technically would be uh, heaven. If you jump on a plane and go somewhere, you are 30,000 feet high. That's bordering space, of course. That, that, of course, is the second heaven, whereas the Lord God is in the third heaven. Thus the heavens, plural, and the earth... 
were finished and all the host of them, host of them, probably in reference to the angels. It's amazing what we're not told concerning the day that the angels were created, but uh, mark my words, they were created. Angels were created, God is uncreated. Adam was created, Jesus Christ was begotten. Look at verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day, more his work which he had done. Seventh day, six literal days, he creates the livestock, vegetation, mankind, and again the angels from verse 1. But on the seventh day, being a Saturday of course, being a Sabbath of course, he would rest. Not in the sense of recharging his batteries of course, or recovering from the stress of creating the universe, mankind and the animal kingdom. No, more in reference to enjoying what he had done so the Jews that would come later on would also mark the Sabbath to remember what had been done for them but also for mankind in general. Verse 2 again, And on the seventh day, being a Saturday of course, God ended his work which he had made. No theistic evolution. Nobody would help the Lord to do this which of course goes back to Genesis 1.26 the false belief how the angels were somehow equipped or able to help Jehovah God to create life which of course is impossible they were there to observe Jehovah God creating the solar system mankind the animal world and the angels and of course you know that Jehovah is a three-person being father son and spirit but they weren't involved directly in the creation of anything they were simply observers and he rested triune God rested on the seventh day Saturday from all his work which he had made look at verse 3 and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested more his work which God created and made. So if you speak to a seventh day Adventist, or some of the oneness people, or some of the Pentecostals or Charismatics, or some of the tiny minority of Baptists that meet on a Saturday to celebrate and worship and come together for a reading from the word of God, they like to quote this piece of scripture and say, well, here you've got it. Here is a Sabbath, very clearly presented, but be mindful of this. Abraham never kept the Sabbath. Isaac never kept the Sabbath. Jacob never kept the Sabbath. Noah never kept the Sabbath. Enoch never kept the Sabbath. Joseph never kept the Sabbath. Nobody kept the Sabbath until Exodus chapter 20. Yes, you've got four references from Exodus 16, from memory, that speak about the Sabbath, but of course that's a picture of what was to come. Go to... Nehemiah, please. Uh, Nehemiah, if you are a new Christian, there is a war, there is a battle to pretty much get you to uh, be a part of a particular system. If you are a Calvinist, you want people to sit in your pews. If you are an Armenian, you want people to sit in your pews. Um, you've also got the Lordship Salvation people that want to get you to do religion, they want to glory. In you, that was what the Lord said to the Jews, how they would travel land and sea to make one sinner a proselyte. So when that had taken place, such a proselyte was two, twofold more a child of hell than before. Nehemiah chapter 9, Nehemiah chapter 9, look at verse 14. In fact, look at verse 13. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai, and spakest with them from heaven, and gave us them right judgments and true laws, good statutes and judgments. Going back to the Ten Commandments, of course, which we we're looking at this morning from Exodus chapter 20. And madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath, and commandest them precepts, statutes and laws, by the hand of Moses thy servant, 
and gave us some bread from heaven for their hunger, and brought us forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst, and promised us them that they should not go in to possess the land which thou hast sworn to give them. So the Ten Commandments would be Israel's written constitution, if you will, dealing with the moral aspect. But look at verse 13 and 14 again. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai, in reference to the Lord, and spakest with them from heaven. Not Moses giving the Ten Commandments. It wasn't Aaron giving the Ten Commandments. It was Jehovah. And gavest them right judgments and true laws, good statutes and judgments, and madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath. Pre-Exodus chapter 20, nobody back in Genesis was keeping the Sabbath. And if you want to say they were, you'd have to do so, arguing from silence. And commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant. Of course, Moses was a mediator. Christ Jesus is the mediator between men and God. And gave us some bread from heaven for their hunger, like the Lord Jesus Christ would do in the Gospels. And brought us forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst. The Lord Jesus Christ would say, out of him would flow rivers, living water. If you come to him, you'd never thirst again. And promised us them that they should not go in to possess the land which thou hast sworn to give them. Go back to Exodus chapter 20. So, as far as Nehemiah is concerned, the Sabbath, strictly speaking, was given to the Jews. Officially, and uh, in writing, in, uh, in uh, Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, to suggest one more time that the Jews were keeping the Sabbath. So be mindful of this, how Abraham is the first Hebrew back in Genesis before. Abraham, like Noah, like Enoch, and other righteous people, Abel as well, they're all Gentiles. Adam never kept the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a sign between Jehovah and the Jews because the Jews require a sign. So go back to Exodus chapter 20, look at verse 8 again. Remember the Sabbath day, Saturday of course, to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labour and do all thy work. No unemployment here. Six days you will work. Most people work five days a week. A typical worker in the UK is contracted to work anywhere from 37 and a half hours to 40 hours. If you go beyond that, you really are putting in the hours. But go back to the Old Testament, go back to the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, really. He would say that... People should or would normally be expected to do a 12-hour day, six days a week. And here, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. Also be mindful of this, that the Jews count their days or they count their weeks from uh, the first day of the week, of course, is Sunday. If you go to Israel today, the Israeli cabinet meet every Sunday morning. Because for them, Sunday is the first day of the week. In the UK, Monday is, of course, the first day of the week. In fact, in the UK, the cabinet meets every Tuesday morning. But in Israel, Sunday is the first day of the week. Many Islamic countries also begin their week on a Sunday. Many elections take place on Sundays around the Middle East. Whereas in the UK, we have elections on Thursdays. Going back to the days when we had markets and farmers and the livestock and this and that. Market day when people went to town. And on market day, they went to vote on a Thursday. And it's been the custom for maybe 300 years. But for the Jews, the first day of the week is Sunday. So when it says six days, shalt thou labor and do all thy work, that will begin probably Sunday morning. They're going to work from Sunday morning until at the latest mid-Friday afternoon. Because from Friday evening until Saturday evening, or let me rephrase that from late Friday from around 3 p.m. 
on Friday afternoon, when of course, uh, when the Lord uh, would die, he would of course have his last breath at 3 p.m. From Friday 3 p.m. until around uh, Saturday 3 p.m. or thereabouts, the Sabbath has begun and concluded. And if you are an Orthodox Jew or a religious Jew, you don't work on the Sabbath. We were in Golders Green, a few years doing outreach, and the two times we've been to Golders Green, the banks are closed mm. on Saturday, because Saturday is, of course, the Sabbath. But for the UK, for most non-Jews, if not all non-Jews, Saturday is no big deal. So when it says, how six days shalt thou labour, it's really referring to Sunday to Friday, because Saturday is a day of rest and worship, of course. Look at verse 10. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger, that is within thy gates. Very interesting. So the son and the daughter, being Jewish of course, were told to refrain from working. So too would be the cattle, like livestock, no ploughing the ground on a Sabbath. But how about the stranger? That is within thy gates. This is very interesting because, like I say, we've been to Golders Green twice over the past few years as a base to do outreach work. And we stayed at a hotel on two occasions. And the hotel was run by Jews, Orthodox Jews, or wearing the skull caps, very religious, very professional, very polite, no problem there, no, no concern. You know, we were, we were made to feel welcome. But they had Gentiles that worked for them. And, of course, the Gentiles would work throughout the Sabbath. Which, according to this, you can't do. And this is the quandary that the Jew has. Because Jews don't receive the Lord Jesus Christ and the New Covenant, they're still back in the Old Testament. And therefore, if you are a hotelier, or if you own a restaurant, or a bed and breakfast, and you've got people that are staying at your abode, you're in a bit of a bind, aren't you? You can't say, we are shut. I mean, I guess you probably could, but they won't do that. They won't turn money away. So from Friday sundown until Saturday sundown, the hotel was open, but they wouldn't give you hot food on a Saturday morning. But they have still breached the Sabbath because they have hired Gentiles to work for them throughout the Sabbath period. And according to this, you can't do it. Look at it again. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord thy God, Saturday, Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, Thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, all of your livestock, nor thy stranger, Gentile, that is within thy gates. In this hotel that we stayed at, the Gentile worker lived yeah. on site. So technically they are breaching the Sabbath. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So one more time, as far as we are concerned, as Christians, the Sabbath has no reference to us, doesn't touch us. Hebrews chapter 4 says Christ is our Sabbath rest. But if you are a Jew following the Torah, of the Old Testament, and I mean a religious Jew, you are breaching the Sabbath. How about if you have a website? How about if you own a bank? You say, well, we don't open on the Sabbath. Well, that's very commendable, but your website's still up and running, isn't it? Your online banking is still up and running, isn't it? People are still making bookings online during the Sabbath, aren't they? People are still moving money around the world during the Sabbath, aren't they? Aeroplanes are flying around the world on the Sabbath, aren't they? This is the hypocrisy of it, really. Because, of course, the Lord God knew that one day we'd be living in this modern world. 
and that it's not really possible or practical to shut down everything for 24 hours without consequences. So the Jew has to think about this very carefully, logically. How does he get around it? Well, like I say, he will hire Gentiles. And those Gentiles will work on behalf of religious Jews. And that allows the Jew to avoid breaching the Sabbath himself. But of course, according to this, he's still in breach of the Sabbath. He's compromised. And of course, if he owns a restaurant, a hotel, or a website, or a booking service, or a bank, or a building society, or maybe he owns a theatre, a cinema, maybe he owns a complex, maybe he owns a car hire place, maybe he owns this, maybe he owns that. He's got a problem, hasn't he? Because he has refused the New Testament, because he's rejected the Messiah, he's still bound to this Old Testament statute, which, like I say, would result in the death penalty. Go to Numbers chapter 15. By the grace of God, we aren't bound by the law. The law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, and once he has brought us to Christ, we are saved and by the grace of God, set free from the curse, the condemnation of the law. The law isn't your friend. If you find yourself arrested and put before a court, and you say to the judge, well, I'm very sorry to be here, judge, but I want you to know that for the last 10, 15 years, I've been a very good, upright citizen, haven't broken the law here or there. That judge isn't going to be impressed with that. He will say, well, that's how it should be. You should be a law keeper. You should be a good citizen. He won't shake your hand. He will condemn you. You're trying to impress him, you see. You're trying to brag, you're trying to boast how good you are when it comes to uh, your standing, your law keeping, which goes back to when people arrive at the judgment. It's my belief, according to Matthew 7, 21, 2, 23, that a good number of people are going to be of the belief that God is going to be impressed with them. But Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we kept the Sabbath, we cast out many devils in your name, did many wonderful works, we worshipped you in the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, we spoke Hebrew. We kept Hanukkah, we kept the Day of Atonement, or we met up every year to mark the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. We were very religious, Lord. We were believers in Yeshua, and we hoped and thought that by being Jews, by learning Hebrew, and calling you Yahweh, not Jehovah, or Yeshua, not Jesus, that somehow we would impress you. And the Lord says, but you never received my payment for your sins. You never put your faith in the shed blood. Numbers chapter 15, Numbers chapter 15, look at verse 32 if you will. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. This gets quoted multiple times by antagonists, agnostics, Bible rejectors, Christ haters, God deniers. They like to go to this piece of scripture and throw this in our face and say, look at this poor old guy. This poor old guy, he's cold, he's gathering sticks, he wants to heat his home. And he gets caught in the wilderness. Look at verse 33. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. You need two or three witnesses to establish what is about to take place. And they put him inward. They held him, detained him, because it was not declared what should be done to him. Progressive revelation. Sabbath breakers are law breakers. And as a result, death would follow. And also be mindful of what I said some weeks ago from Exodus chapter 19, how the Jews accepted the invitation to enter into a relationship with Jehovah. And this is a consequence of the breaking of the Sabbath. 35. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp, outside of the camp. And you ask, why is this taking place? This is so brutal. 
This poor old man, he's probably an elderly man, he's cold, and they always milk it, don't they? Poor man, maybe he's blind, maybe his wife is deaf. They really, you know, play it up, don't they? Really milk it, like I say. But of course, what you're not being told by such Bible rejectors is the fact that this guy has had six days to gather his stones, or his sticks to be more precise, six days to gather his sticks, going back to six days, you do all of your work, but on the seventh day, being the Sabbath, you will rest. 36, and all the congregation brought him without the camp, and stoned him with stones, and he died, as the Lord commanded Moses. So this man was a lawbreaker. He had from, shall we say, Sunday morning, up until late Friday morning, early Friday afternoon before the Sabbath begins, like at dusk, to get his sticks in, to get his house in order, to have his food in his property. That's why you were told to bake two lots of food. So when the Sabbath came along, you had enough food to survive. And this guy was rebellious. He had no interest in keeping the Sabbath after being invited by the Lord to enter into a covenant with the Lord. And therefore he broke the law. He breached this covenant, this relationship if you will with the lord it was voluntary it wasn't compulsory but once you signed up for it then it was compulsory it's like if you have a mobile phone or a cell phone as the americans call it and you have your mobile phone and you enter into a contract with your network provider you have to sign a contract it could be 12 months it could be 18 months it could be 24 months you try and break it it's very difficult i knew somebody a few years ago he signed up with an internet provider, he was very happy with it, and he said this, he said, well, I've got a very, very fast broadband connection, and it was at the time, and I got television package, I got this, I got that. I thought, wow, this is pretty impressive. And maybe three months down the line, he got bored of it, got fed up having to pay X amounts every month, and he said to me, I've cancelled the direct debits, I won't be paying any more every month, the contract is kaput. And I thought, let's wait and see how easy that's going to be. And of course, lo and behold, he got phone calls, letters from the internet provider, Mr. Such and Such, you are three months behind with your uh, cost or the bill to pay, you're three months behind with the instalments. He had agreed a 12-month payment plan, I think from memory, and he said, no, I'm not going to pay it, I'm not interested. And of course, they came around the house, banged on his front door, letters were put through the letterbox, and he still wouldn't pay it. And as far as I remember from last time I spoke to him, he was issued with a CCJ. That's a county court judgment. You get county court judgments, you get blacklisted. A CCJ can affect your credit score. And if you apply for credit or if you apply for employment and you've got poor CCJs, um, it affects your credit ratings and potential employers will take a second look at you. And this guy, of course, had breached his contracts and paid the consequences. So therefore, while the children of Israel, verse 32, were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. He was bang out of order. This is what we call willful sinning. This was willful sinning. This was public so people could see it. This is contempt for the Lord. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation because they were their leaders. In the early church, book of Acts, you've got the apostles in the driving seat preaching and teaching and they would appoint deacons to assist them feeding the church in a physical sense but also in a spiritual sense. And they put him inward, they held him, like in a detention centre to some extent, because it was not declared what should be done to him. Again, progressive revelation. And the Lord, Elohim, Yahweh, Jehovah, he has many names of course, said unto Moses, audible voice, the man shall be surely put to death 
all the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. So because he sinned in public, was found sinning in public, was confronted in public for doing just this, the consequences are going to follow. In the New Testament, you were told that uh, you are to publicly uh, condemn those that sin in public, so others won't follow uh, their example. 36, and all the congregation brought him without the camp, outside of the camp. For the New Testament, we would say, kick him out of the church, expel him from the church. Paul speaks about this, we looked at this some weeks ago, when those guys, Alexander and Hymenius, were blaspheming of the Lord. Let Satan work them over, destroy their bodies, how their spirits, their souls might be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. We don't kill people today. The worst we will do today for a sinning Christian is to kick him or out, kick him or her out of the church. That's as far as we go, but for the Old Testament, it is death. Comma, and stoned him with stones. And he died as the Lord commanded Moses. So go back to the book of Exodus. So if you are a Jew, you are in a bit of a bind, aren't you? If you are an Orthodox Jew or an Hasidic Jew, and you take the Torah seriously, and I know there are many Jews around the world that do, take the Torah very seriously, when you hit the 20th chapter of the book of Exodus, what do you do? Some of your friends are in the hotelier business, and like I say, they hire staff to cover the Sabbath period. Strictly speaking, they should close for the Sabbath. From Friday dusk till Saturday dusk, should be shut. And to really keep the letter of the Sabbath, deactivate the websites the payments flowing but they won't do that of course they want the best of both worlds and by doing that they are breaching the sabbath exodus chapter 20 look at verse 8 again remember the sabbath day remember saturday remember the seventh day of the week not the first day of the week again jesus christ would be raised from the dead on the first day of the week (coughs) being a sunday not a saturday the holy ghost would come down from heaven on the first day of the week being pentecost which was a Sunday, not a Saturday. The church would meet, first day of the week, to break bread, have a reading, prayer, worship, fellowship, Acts chapter 20. The early church would meet on the first day of the week, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, to take up a collection for poor Christians. We don't worship on the Sabbath. The Sabbath was given to the Jews. Nehemiah chapter 9. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, aimed at the children of Israel. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. And again, the problems are obvious. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger, that is within thy gates. So the Gentile is also included in this. A Gentile who was owned by a Jew was prohibited from working on the Sabbath. But again, Jews don't honor this today. There are Jews all over the world, religious Jews who hire Gentiles, and again, by doing so and asking them to work on the Sabbath, the Jew is still guilty of breaking the Sabbath, and yet according to Numbers 15, 32, 236, they're not being killed. They're not being killed, but they claim to hold to the Old Testament. Inconsistent, you see. For in six days, six six literal days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested The seventh day concerning enjoying what he had done, being pleased with what he had done, and as a picture of the Jews that would come down the line, so they too would enjoy what Jehovah had done and be thankful every Saturday for 
First of all, being the people of God, the Jews, and also for having Jehovah as their God who created everything. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So the Jews were told to be mindful of the Sabbath. It was compulsory once they entered into this covenant with Jehovah to keep it. It wasn't a sort of pick and mix sort of a thing. If you intentionally missed the Sabbath, if you intentionally breached the Sabbath, like the guy with the sticks, you were put to death. Elsewhere, it does say that if you can't make the Sabbath, if you're traveling or something happens, you are to uh, mark it out. You are to keep it the following weekend, the following week. But somebody who intentionally missed it, breached it, dismissed it, was considered to be guilty of being a lawbreaker, and as a result, death would follow. By the grace of God, the Sabbath has no reference to anybody, as far as I am concerned, living today. Those of us which are saved, of course, but if you are a non-Christian, a Jewish man or Jewish woman, maybe Orthodox or Hasidic or maybe another wing of Judaism, and you keep the Old Testament, the Torah, you've got a problem, haven't you? First of all, the chances are you've breached it, or if you haven't breached it, some of your community have, and yet you don't want to deal with them, do you? Death doesn't follow to those Sabbath breakers. There's no expulsions concerning those Sabbath breakers. And yet, Numbers 15, 32 to 36 is pretty clear to me. And we'll hold it there and pick it up again next week.